friends with you, I'm telling you guys, you'll, you'll see a, a, different, a different type of minister than me. He flows totally different than me. And that's not to say one's better than that. That's just his gifting. But I'm going to tell you, you will see some things of God in operation that are just tremendous. You will enjoy him. Just He's one of the, the sweetest men I know. Just the sweetness of God will flow out of him. All right, we've been talking about, talking about grace and favor. Now remember, the word grace and the word favor in the, in the Greek are the exact same words. And so when we talk about grace and favor, grace and favor are a lot like salvation. They're a lot like even forgiveness. Do we deserve it? No. None of us deserve it, but thank God Jesus paid the price for you to be saved, that you don't have to earn salvation. You don't have to earn forgiveness. You don't even have to earn grace and favor. And so when, when we look at this, What's the best approach for, for grace and favor? I think it's we just come into the presence of God with thanksgiving. Or we just come in with humility and say, All right, thank you, Father God. You're gracing me today. You're favoring me today. And so listen to some of the definitions of the word favor. It means to assist. It means to esteem. It means to be preferred. Special attention. Personal affection. Preferential treatment. And so this is what you've got to understand about the grace and favor of God. You're God's favorite. Every one of us in this room is God's favorite. And there was a time in my life, I had a hard time believing this, guys. I had a hard time imagining this because I based it all on, well, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. But once again, you've got to understand, Jesus qualified you. That when you gave your heart to Jesus, right there, God looked and said, that's my boy. That's my girl. And so you've got to understand this. It's not based on how good you are or how bad you are. It's based on your identity. In other words, it's not about your do. It's about your who. What do you mean by that? Well, it's not about what I do. I, I can come to church. Coming to church is a good thing. But it's about who I am. Who I am in Christ Jesus. Now, tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about how do you see yourself? How do you view yourself? Because this is very important for the, 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 the mercy, the grace, the favor of God to be able to flow in your life. Now, here we are in the book of Numbers, chapter 13. If, if you've studied Scripture, you'll know where I'm going. If you hadn't listened, the Israelites, Moses has led them up out of Egypt. And so they're on their way to the promised land, and so they're getting close. And so God tells them, in this chapter, and you don't have to go there, but you can look or highlight verse 2. God said, I'm giving you a land. That land can be mentioned as Canaan land. It can be mentioned as the promised land. It can be mentioned as the land flowing with milk and honey. But the point is, God said, listen guys, I'm giving you a land. So he tells Moses, he said, I want you to send 12 spies into that land and I want you to check it out. Go in there and get a game plan about how you're going to take it. So that's where we're picking up here in verse 25. They've gone in and they spied out the land. Numbers 13, 25. And they returned, the twelve spies returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all to the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, listen guys, they just didn't come back talking about it. They brought back proof of the fruit of the land. 
Verse 27. Then they told them, and they said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. And so what they were saying here is it's everything that Father God said it would be, and more. Now this is the highlight. It's what God said. Keep reading here, verse 28. Nevertheless, and that nevertheless means but or a contradiction. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And they miss all the, the ites, the Alekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites. Pick up with me now in verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people. Before Moses, and he said, Let us go up at once now and take possession, for we are well able. Now, that word well able there means that we have the capacity to prevail or exceed. And he said, We're well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but, now, man, these buts, they're tough. You can't have these buts in your life. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not well able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children a bad report, or they were in a negative environment, what's one translation says, of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we sought are men of great stature. And so when you see this, when it came to deciding the course that they were going to take, out of the twelve... Ten of them gave an evil report. Two gave a good report. The ten that gave the bad report, they looked at everything from the physical side, from their physical eyes. Remember, they said the people that dwell there, they're huge and their cities are fortified. But the two that gave a good report, they saw through the eyes of God. They saw through the eyes of faith. I believe they saw through what God had said. I'm going to give you this land. Now remember what Joshua and Caleb said. We're well able. And so the positive report here was framed by a negative report. Now every day in our lives, we have an opportunity to look at our circumstances, our situations, or we can begin to ask this question, what did God say? What did God say? And you know what? Every day I have the opportunity to believe a negative report or I can believe the report of the Lord. That's the same for every one of us in here. That's why I got to get my eyes fixed on the Word of God. And remember, maybe one of your greatest statements is, but what did the Word say? What did Father God say? But, 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 no, 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 no. There are no buts in the Word of God. As kids, we used to say this growing up, if if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. Well, there are no if and buts to the Word of God. It is or it isn't. Now, read verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, and they came from the giants. You know who these guys were? These were, these were uh, Goliath's buddies. These were the descendants of Goliath. And they were big fellows in the natural. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Now I want you to highlight that. Because they said in our own sight, the way we perceived ourselves 
We were like grasshoppers. And so these ten, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. They did not see themselves as Father God saw them. And so when you look at this, if you're not careful, this will change a view of who you are. I must look and see myself like Father God does. And so this is what the two, the two that believed the report of the Lord, they saw themselves through God's eyes. They saw themselves as overcomers. They saw them being able to go in and take control of this. Now look what it goes on and says in the last part there. And we saw ourselves like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. Now I believe this is just false perception, guys, because I don't know that there needs proof in the Bible that these descendants from Anik ever saw. But in their eyes, they felt like this is how they saw us too. So remember, the acronym of the word fear means false evidence appearing real. And so if I don't see myself the way God sees me, and I don't see the promises like God has promised you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get over into a false perception like they do. So many times in our life, what happens? We see ourselves opposite of how God sees us. We say about ourselves exactly opposite of what God says. And so what I'm telling you here, just like this, we've got to change our self-image. Raise your level of expectancy. Because listen, what I expect is what I get. If you limit God, that's what's going to happen. And so I must start aligning myself with the Word of God. And when I align myself with the Word of God, that'll show up in my life. That'll show up in the words of my mouth. That'll show up in my actions. And so it's very important that we get a hold of this. Now, go into the New Testament to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Quit letting the devil, the things of this world, fill your thoughts with, I'm, I'm unworthy. I'm insignificant. That would never happen to me. Well, why not? Why not? See, too many times we, we, we lose the blessings of God, we lose the favor of God because we don't believe, we don't trust, we don't have that expectation. And so what ends up happening is when your name is brought up, you know what, Father God, He tells, he tells the angel Gabriel, He says, go pull up their file. And He says, tell me about David Burns. And you know what Gabriel says? He'd been washed in the blood. It's a done deal. It's a done, that's all Father God knows, that you've been washed, that you've made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. And when you do that, guys, I'm going to tell you, you're under the blood of Jesus. But pastor, you don't know my past. Now your past has nothing to do with it. Remember, it gets back to my identity. When I get born again, guys, I take on the things of God. You know, many times I use this illustration. I'm 50 now, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to my mom's house in about a week. And when I walk into my mother and father's house, guys, I do not ask my dad permission to get in the refrigerator. I just go open it up. Even though I haven't lived there in years, I, you know what? Whatever's in there, it's mine. You know why? Because I'm part of the family. And when I got born again, I became part of the family of God. Now, think about this. When you were born into this earth, you inherited your, your father's name. What would you do to inherit that name? Nothing. You showed up. You just showed up and there, 
boom, that name was bestowed. Well, see, that's the same with the Father of God. When you got born into the kingdom of God, how'd that happen? You received Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. God began to work in you. And so when you see all this, I must begin to raise the level of my expectation. What's my expectation? Well, you got to look at the Scriptures and you got to begin to see what the Word of God... You know what the word expect means? The word expect means to look forward to something. To look forward to something. But many people, we go through life defeated and depressed because that's what we expect. Now, you know when you get to those 12 spies? Ten of them said we can't. Two of them said we can. And you know what I found out about all 12? They were all right. Because the ones who thought they couldn't and said we can't, you know what? They didn't. But the two that said we can, they did. They went in. And so once again, I got to just raise my level of expectancy. Quit having that stinking grasshopper mentality. Little bitty. Luke 2. Begin with me in verse 51. Then he, talking about Jesus, he went down with him and he came to Nazareth and he was subject or obedient to them, talking about his parents. But his mothers kept all these things in her heart and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, which was physically, and in favor with God and man. Woo! Jesus himself increased with favor with God and man. The message says he was blessed by both God and man. Now, this was important in Jesus' life, and this is important in ours, because favor of God makes a tremendous difference. And when I read that Jesus increased with the favor of God, note in here that he didn't turn it down. He didn't say, well, I'm not worthy of that. I can't have that. That didn't happen. And so when he increased with the favor of the Lord, the things of God begin to show up. The blessings of God. The, the, the preferential treatment. And so look at verse 40 right here in this same chapter. Now look what it says here. And I'm going back a little bit. Luke 2.40 And the child, which is Jesus, grew and became strong in spirit. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Now the reason I highlight that, because the word grace there is the same word as the word favor in verse 52. Those are the exact same words in the Greek, and they come from a word called charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. And so the Greek word for, for grace is the same word for favor. And so right here when you see that Jesus was graced and he was favored, I believe this is what God wants us to do. This is what we ought to begin to see. We're a child of God. And when I'm a child of God, it ought to change my self-image of who I am. Not arrogantly or haughtily, but just I'm a child of, of the creator of everything. My Lord and Savior is the King of kings. And so it should show up in the way I speak, in the way I act, every area of my life. And so Jesus, guys, He just doesn't want you to endure life here on this earth. He wants you to enjoy it. He's just not trying to get you to heaven. He wants you to enjoy life while you're here. And so I must come to the place where I begin knowing what I can expect. Well, how do I know what I can expect through the Bible? Remember last week in Psalm 512, it said, 
He blesses the righteous and His favor surrounds me like a shield. Now that ought to become my expectation. I ought to be thanking God. Now once again, not that I deserve it. It's just because of my inheritance. One of the best things you can say every day, I thank you, Father God, you are blessing me. You are favoring me today like a shield. John 10.10 says that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly. Well, if Jesus came to give me life and he paid that price, you know what? You ought to start saying that. I thank you today, Lord Jesus, that you are blessing me with life. The blessings of God are upon me. Begin to expect it. And when you begin to read the scriptures in this area, that God wants you blessed. God wants to favor you. It doesn't sound like to me that God just wants you to hang on. Just to barely make it. See, but many believe, listen, when it comes to favor and grace, you know what? Many people believe in grace and favor. They just don't believe it for their own lives. We believe in it, we just don't believe it for us. You know what? I'm not worthy. Yeah, you are. If you got born again, you're worthy of it. And so how do I get where I begin to move this into action? Well, i got to start believing God for it. i got to start trusting God. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17. You want to know what you're believing? Just listen to what you're saying. How do you know that? Well, Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know what you're believing, just begin to listen to what you say out of your mouth. You should be talking about the blessings of God. What kind of diet are you on with the words of your mouth? What are you saying about the favor of God? What are you saying about the blessings of God? Remember with the Israelites, ten of them said, we can't do it. That was their, that was their believing. But the other two said, we can do it. And so it's very important for you and me to begin to be careful what we're saying over life. What we're expecting. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you say is what you get. Proverbs 18.21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I've got to hook up. Now listen here. This, this is a passage where this man brought his demon-possessed son to the disciples and they couldn't cast him out. And so Jesus had to do it. Now pick up with me in Matthew 17, verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and they said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. You know what that means? Because of your lack of faith. Because of your lack of faith. Now look what he goes on to say next. For assuredly I say to you, now I like that. Because of your lack of faith, for assuredly I say to you, now he's talking here. This pertains to me and you, because I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now that phrase right there, if you have faith as a mustard seed, is cross-referenced to Mark eleven twenty-two. Mark eleven twenty-two says, have faith in God. Have faith in God. So Jesus right here says our faith in God is like a seed. Is like a seed. And what do I do with that seed? For you have faith as a mustard seed. You will say. You will say. You will begin to speak. So I believe this, guys. When the Word of God 
is believed and acted upon, the way it's planted and started to be is the words out of your mouth. What do I got to do, Pastor? I got to get my mind and I got to get my mouth in line with the Word of God. You got to start speaking the Word of God. And when you start speaking it, start expecting it. Start expecting it. I'm going to tell you, begin to speak the Word of God and speak and speak. Now look what Jesus said here. And you will say to this mountain. And you will speak to this mountain. You know what the mountain was? It was an issue. It was a problem. But if you look real close, he said, you will say to this mountain. Now here's what happens, guys. We're either talking to the mountain, speaking to the mountain, or we're talking about the mountain. What do you mean? Well, one side of me is when I speak the Word of God to the mountain. The mountains, the obstacles, the things in my life. And I start quoting the Word of God to those mountains. Or, you know what, instead I do, I do just the opposite. I start telling everybody how big my mountain are. And the mountain starts talking back to me and says, we're not strong enough. We're not able to go in. And I'm going to tell you, when that begins to happen, guys, you've got to get ready because it's not good. So right here, Jesus tells what? We've got to start believing. He says, hook your faith up, that of a mustard seed, little bitty, and start speaking to the mountains of your life. What's the mountains to you of your life right now? Answer that question in your life. What are you saying to those mountains? What are you speaking? The thing is, you've got to find Scripture. Find Scripture that you can begin to speak to those mountains and just keep speaking. Now, you know what will come up at times? People will say this to me. What if God put that mountain in my life to teach me a lesson? You know what my response is to them? No, 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 no. God doesn't do that. And you say, well, how do you come up to that conclusion? Well, think about this. If God put that mountain in your life, then why did He tell you how to get rid of it? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, if, if that was really from God, why would He want you to get rid of it? You should just say, okay, Father God, if this is from you, as bad as it, I'll just take it. See, it's kind of like sickness. When I hear people say that God put sickness on me to teach me a lesson, well, if that's true... The next time you get sick and you think that way, you know what you ought to say? Thank God you put a sore throat on me. See, if you believe that, then why do you go to the doctor to get rid of it? See, that's... Mm, I better watch what I'm saying here. That's stupidity. I've got to be taught to B-I-B-L-E. Listen, guys. That God tells us right here that in our lives, we're going to have obstacles come against us. When you got born again, it's just not to follow the yellow brick road. Oh, we're off to see the will. It's just going to be a better... No, He doesn't ever tell us that. But He does tell us that when we have mountains in our life, right here, you start believing God. How do I believe God? You find the Scriptures, you trust God, and you say, all right, Father God, I'm hooking up. And you begin to speak to that mountain. And you speak to that mountain. And you speak to that. And you just keep speaking the Word of God. Keep speaking the Word of God. And you know what will happen? That mountain will begin to, 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 to go down. It will begin to leave. And in your own life, I'm going to tell you something, you've got to start speaking favor. You've got to start speaking Thank you, Father God. Woo, your favor's upon me. You've graced me today. You've graced. I tell you something, you've got to get where you get daily confessions for things that are going on in your life. 
Write your little three by five cards. Write things that you say over yourself every day. Every day. You know why we need to do it every day? How many of you like to eat every day? Every one of us. We don't miss meals. But it's like Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, we feed our, our physical man three hot meals a day and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week and we wonder why we're starving to death. So get up in the morning and start with just a couple of them. Begin to speak over your life. Begin to speak over your marriage. Begin to speak over your children. Begin to speak the things of God over them. What am I speaking? Oh, Father God, bless my kids today. Bless us with grace. Bless us with favor. Now, see, guys, I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is years and years and years of doing this, but i got about 50 affirmations now that I say every day. Man, I mean, I'll paste that floor in that basement over there. i got a big map in there, and I'll speak to the map. I'll speak to the nation of Israel. I'll speak to the United States. I speak things over every one of you every day. That the brethren, you come under the wings of the Almighty. I thank you, Father God, the people of faith, Christian, they have a blessed day. The divine hell flows in their body. What else do you speak, Pastor? Well, I mean, I get a hold of the Word of God. In Galatians 3.13, it says, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, you know what the curse is? Poverty, sickness, and death. So if He redeemed me from the curse of poverty, you know what that means? He wants me to prosper. So you know what? I speak over me. I speak over you. Woo, that God is part He's blessed me indeed. He's enlarged my territory. His hand is upon me. He keeps me from evil. I cause no pain. Psalm 65 says, He's crowned my year with goodness. My past drip with abundance. Psalm 69 says, Daily He loads me with my benefits. And then I keep going, guys. I just keep going. Uh, Genesis 12, he said, he's blessed me. He's multiplied me. He's made my name great. He's blessed me to be a blessing. He's redeemed me from, from, from death. And so you know what I say? If you've redeemed me from death, I'm going to just take on life. I take on that Jan, John 10, 10 life. That, that God kind of life. Then, you know, I get over and I start talking about divine health. If He's delivered me from sickness, then I walk in divine health. I say, I thank you, Father God, no sickness or disease comes near my dwelling. I walk in divine health. Now, guys, I don't say this arrogantly right here. In the last 13 years, I believe, I went to the doctor twice because I had some minor surgeries. And about four or five years ago, I went to a doctor one time. And I went in to see that doctor, and you know what he said to me? He said, who's your regular doctor? And I looked at him, and I said, well, I had not been to a doctor in 10 years. And I said, I guess if I have to answer that, who my doctor is, I said, his name is Jesus. And he kind of looked at me. And I just thought, you know what, if Jesus, I'm just going to believe that. Now, I can keep going through this, day, just what I do on a daily basis. But you know what I realized? i got to get the Word of God in my mouth. i got to speak that over me. i got to get my mind transformed. Where What is it to have your man, mind transformed to the Word? I begin to think in line with the Word of God. And you know what that always jumps back to? What God say? What God say? What God say? And so at times, you know what? When people come into my office, sometimes they get mad at me when they start telling me all the mountains in their life. And I look and say, but what God say? But what God say? So either I'm going to settle for a second best or I'm going to start believing the things of God. But the key is, i got an expectation. I just don't say that, oh, I thank you, I walk in divine health. That's my expectation. That I realized if Jesus delivered me, I'm going to pray that. Ooh, I, I'm telling you a great one to pray over you. 2 Timothy 1.7, that he said, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but a love and power and a sound mind. I thank you, Father God. My mind is sound. My mind is sharp. My mind is accurate. 
And some of you say, well, Pastor, they'd be calling those things that be not as though they are. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> some of you are beginning to get it. But you got to start getting in the Word. Change your self-image. Don't allow the world to define who you are. You know what the world will say? Your best friends are couldn't, wouldn't, and shouldn't. The wannabe family. I'll tell you that the rest of your life. But you know what Father God says? Woo! In me, yea, you are more than a conqueror. That's Romans 8, 37. Re uh, Revelation 12, 11 says, Through the blood of Jesus, you're more than a conqueror. Now, if I'm more than a conqueror in the blood of I'm just going to confess it. I think I'm more than a conqueror. I thank you. I'm, a, I'm an overcomer. I go over and I'm not going under. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed and see. I'm blessed and feel. I'm blessed coming in and going out. And so, see, some of you got to get a hold of this, guys. And some of you are looking at me like he's crazy. I am with Jesus, guys. That's the only thing I know anymore is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And you look at a guy who, 30 years ago, guys, I was a slobbering drunk. My best friend was alcohol, and it dominated me. And so I've said this many times, man, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I said this out of my mouth, as hard and as strong as I live for the devil, that's how I'm going to live for Jesus. And when I got born again, you know what the devil said? He said, boys, we lost a good man tonight. And I said, oh, happy day. And so you get fired, I get fired up about the things of God. Guys, it's a passion in me. And it's got to become a passion in you and you're going to have to stand on your feet real quick because the baptism has got to go on here. You guys got me excited here preaching the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, you got to start walking that. Man, start doing that. Get you some cards and write them out. Before long, you'll start saying it so much woo, that it just, it just start flowing at you like that. I thank you, Father God. You fill me with zeal, passion, fervor. I am full of the sweetness of God. The love of God abounds in my life. i got a love for people, love for God, love for the Word. I thank you, Father God, that you said as a minister, I am your flame. I thank you today, Lord, that I'm not a complainer. I'm grateful. The words out of my mouth, if I'm not a murmurer, I'm not a complainer. I'm an edifier, exhorter, I'm an encourager. This is, this is daily. I just, I mean, I can get excited. I can go down in that basement and I can hibernate until they say, Pastor, you've got appointments. You better get upstairs. People are waiting for you. Well, that's what each one of us got to do. Bow your head. Father God, we love you tonight. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that the Word of God, the Word of God that you said in, Ma in Romans 10, Lord, that the Word of God is near you, nigh to you, in your heart and in your mouth. And Lord, I thank you, Father God, that right here in this room tonight, you are changing the image of men and women in here through the Word of God. And I pray blessings. Lord, I pray, Psalm 512, that you bless the righteous today. Your favor is surrounding them. Your favor is surrounding their children like a shield tonight. And I thank you, the men and women in this house are the salt of the earth. They're the light of this world. I thank you, our kids are the salt and the light of their playgrounds in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for your kingdom now, Lord. We ask that you bless this, this baptism tonight in Jesus' name.